welcome to the brand new show on Mayo Media Network, Fantasy Football Picks and Bets, presented by Prize Picks. Today, we're going to run through the carousel at quarterback and figure out what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Tom Brady's knee, apparently it was busted up all season long, and a potential landing spot for Deshaun Watson before getting in to DraftKings Best Ball Strategy. Always hit the time codes on this show and subscribe to both Mayo Media Network and Fantasy Football Picks and Bets on anywhere you download podcasts. But if you're on Apple Podcasts right now and you leave a five-star review on Fantasy Football Picks and Bets, something you enjoy about this show, make it up for all I care. Leave your Twitter handle or email address and you will be in the draw, which will be concluding probably around the first week of August for some cash giveaways. It might be given up depending on how many people leave reviews. So everyone out there leave reviews. It's just going to increase the scale of the giveaways. It's set at 500 right now. We get 50 reviews. That'll go up to 1,000. And I'll just PayPal you some money and you will be good to go. So please go subscribe, rate, and review Fantasy Football Picks and Bets right now. Don't be afraid to smash the like button either. And give me what you think is going to happen with Deshaun Watson down in the comment section. Is he going to play? Is he going to play for this team? Is he not going to play at all? I'm curious to see what you guys think about Deshaun Watson, especially for fantasy football purposes this season. Joining me on the line on the inaugural show on Mayo Media Network. And don't worry, I am not going to be hosting every single time. In fact, we're running a host search for this show, plus some awesome guests that we have lined up throughout the year. But Davis Maddock is on the line with me. What's going on, man? Not a, not a ton going on. You know, you and I are, are sitting here uh, this morning. We got, the, we got the Open Championship going on, but I'm already tuned out because my only live ticket left with uh, Scotty Scheffler. Davis, like, you have to know this isn't coming out later on today. Come on. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's true. I feel, I I guess I just had, I guess I just had my first Tambo moment on the show where I blatantly disregarded the instructions. This is true. So we'll just roll on from that. But I am doing that hosting search. I have it whittled down to eight people right now. I will be in contact with you very soon if you submitted an application. Thank you, everyone. We had over seven hundred entries davis to be a host of this show on mayo media network and i have it down to eight so i might need your help in picking the host i think what i'm gonna do is have the host come on host this show and have either me or you or someone else as a guest and that will be like their tryout and then people can vote you know what you could do is you could even run like a contest like you could you could make the hosting uh, decision itself more content you could make that more shows like yeah voting is definitely good but you could expand this to be an even larger you know content net the problem is we're running out of time before the season starts that's true so yeah, that's th- true. Th- that would have to be done at a pretty rapid pace. So you're going to see some of the hosts on this show. You're going to see some of the hosts on Pat Mayo Experience. And I do want to let people know uh, to join Prize Picks if you haven't. If you like betting props uh, and you know sports books aren't legal in your state right now, check out PrizePicks.com. You can hit the link down in the description. Use code MMN on your first deposit, uh, up to 100 bucks, and they will match that for you. So let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. That's the first guy that I want to go to, and it does look like now that he's going to stay with the Packers. At one point in the offseason, he was like plus 400 to actually leave the team that was like you could bet on the Packers being the team that Aaron Rodgers was on it was plus 400 that's back down to even money so do you expect him to stay with the Packers now so I I do agree with the market that it is the most likely thing to end up happening but I don't think I agree with the market that it is that likely like I think it's probably more of like a 55-45 type situation. Now, granted, every single day that passes, it becomes materially harder to trade him, both for salary cap reasons and then for like more boring reasons of like, oh, well, the team that trades him would have to figure out their salary cap things. They're, the team that trades for him has to figure out their offense. They have to figure out, okay, do, you know, are we trading away Derek Carr in this trade? Or are we trading away Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke in this trade? And, and coaches... NFL coaches are big time creatures of habit and they're not going to want to be onboarding Aaron Rodgers with, you know, 13 days to the start of the NFL season. Well, let's just jump over to prize picks right now and check out the over under for the season. So in terms of passing yardage, 4,350 passing yards in a 17 game season, assuming, I mean, that's sort of the bet right now is, is he going to start week one for the Packers? Seems like a pretty good number. It seems pretty low. That seems like an over. Yeah, I think I would probably I think I would probably go over there as well. I mean, it's just more fun to bet overs, right? 
Like, isn't, isn't, don't we just kind of all agree with that, that, that betting overs is fun and the reason why unders exist are for like, you know, miserable people who, uh, you know, sports bet professionally. Yes, but unders can at the same time can come through in a ton of div. Like there are more outs on an under a lot of the times. That Always. I like what if Aaron Rodgers blows out his ACL in week two? Well, your under is probably going to hit at that point. So like all of the, the injuries are, I mean, obviously they're factored into the number to begin with anyway, but it still seems, it just seems weirdly low to me. Even if that is, if he has to sit out two weeks, I still feel like he can do it. I want to jump over to runthesims.com. Everyone can use runthesims.com right now uh, in this projection page if they want to. The entire site is free till the end of July, but the season-long fantasy football for the year is going to be free. So just sign up for your free account and you'll be good to go. If you want to look at the founder's rate for the optimizer and the simulations, like the high-end uh, daily fantasy and sports betting stuff uh, use run the slash mayo get yourself on that found as discount for life but stuff like this is going to be free so you just need that free membership at run the does this work out for you like just looking at it right now like aaron Rodgers, we i, I have we i currently have the packers at around you know 50 or 1558 plays a 60 percent pass rate or passing rate a rushing td rate around 34 percent so if we just kind of throw everything into the mix and this is assuming aaron Rodgers starts he's at a 98 percent market share is like if i just go to the projections by position and we take a look at where aaron Rodgers is going to be we're just going to have him at 4,928 yards. Doesn't that, does that seem like an accurate projection to you? Like I, this is at me after messing around with it uh, and saving all my projections. But like, if he plays all the games, like that seems like a smash over. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, I am. I do my projections a little bit more conservatively. And I also have the Packers projected a little bit closer to league average in terms of their weapons uh, that you guys do. So I, I have Rogers, I have Rogers as an under actually here by, by quite a bit, but also part of that is, you know, I am baking in the fact that, uh, you know, Rogers has I, I, before last year, Rogers had three straight years of being much closer to league average in terms of his yards per attempt and in terms of his touchdown rate and I, I don't really expect there to be anyone on that offense that elevates them uh, and makes them all that much better. You know, a lot of what goes into our stuff is the the receivers relate to the quarterback. And outside of Devonta Adams, he is throwing to a bunch of goons, right? You know, we're, we're like people are, are seriously mentioning Devin Funchess as a member of the Green Bay Packers, like him as a big offseason addition because he opted out last year so i i actually have him projected as an under right now okay i, I find that kind of crazy that there'd be like over a 700 yard discrepancy between mine and yours but hey uh, that's why you can go to run this in well i'm, I'm looking at my back end right now I, well, I'm looking at my back end right now to see if I have something messed up because i'm mine just eyeballing this right now mine looks a little bit low well, let's jump back over and check out Devontae Adams right now. So what we can see is that his over-under on receiving yards for the year is 1,250. I mean, that's a lot. Uh, it's less than Kelvin Ridley, mind you, who's at 1,300 right now. But it's still one of the higher ones on the board. It, it's funny because like, when we think about it in terms of everyone coming back for the Packers, like I have him projected at a 30% market share of the targets in this offense. Like that's, is that low for Devonte Adams based on what you just said about the, the rest of these like crappy options? Uh, I, I think you are low. I, I am looking at my stuff right now. I think I have him for a 33% market share. I have him for a 32% market share of the green Bay Packers offense right now. So uh, it, it, you actually do look a little bit low to me. So if I'm a little bit low, that still projects him out at 1,483 yards. That is, I believe, the most. No, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Stephen Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Kelvin Ridley. In terms of the projections, at least, these baseline projections after I've done a bit of my tweaking to them, is what you're going to get uh, in terms of overall. But, I mean, that's still cutting it pretty close. Like, that's well well in range of the over of the 1,250 right now. But, you know, you miss three games, all of a sudden you're not hitting that over anymore. Yeah, I have, I have him projected over this as well, but you are you are making the key point in betting season long totals for the NFL. You know, there are a lot of different ways the under can get there for Adams, right? Rodgers being traded, he gets stuck with Jordan Love, him missing 3 games. Um, you know, Devin Funches actually having a big impact on this offense or or even 
you know, Devontae Adams racks up a bunch of receptions, but doesn't have like just at no point in the year does he break out like a big long touchdown like he just has no 50 yard touchdowns no 60 yard touchdowns over the course of the season so it's it's always easier to run bad for nfl players than it is to run good when you're doing your drafts right now and whether it's best ball have you done any season long drafts like like regular season long fantasy yet no i i have not done i've not done any managed drafts yet i think my first one actually is going to be this next week so i i have not done a managed draft yet so in terms of DraftKings best ball right now when you're thinking about someone like Devonte adams is he still going as the number one receiver because when you're playing something like best ball you need access to the very highest upside in a lot of these circumstances that if he has a bad year you're going to be cooked anyway but if he has the good year or are people just kind of backing off a little bit and even being pensive in that format? No, he goes well. He goes well outside of the wide receiver one. I think on average, he actually goes as like the wide receiver five. He even goes after DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, a lot of the times you can get Devonte Adams on DraftKings specifically at the tail, at the, like the tail end of the, of the second round because people are so uh non-confident in the quarterback situation though i think with like it, well i mean once aaron Rodgers shows up to training camp if he does in fact show up to training camp i would guess that he is going to shoot up to be probably right at the 10th or 11th pick in these best ball drafts yeah so it was a nice buying window like because you're playing how many DraftKings best ball teams are you going to get up to do you think by the end of the summer well, I've already maxed the $3, and I, I would guess I've pumped in at right now. I've probably done 15 or 20 in the $20, but uh, yeah, I, I, I basically do at least one best ball draft every single day. And that's like, I always enjoy that, like, you're at the gym, you're on the elliptical, or you're doing the stairs, but you're also doing best ball drafts at the same time. Yeah, that's the that's the habit stack because you know if you think about it, your your hourly rate of return for doing these best ball drafts, and this is what all of the critics of best ball drafts say is your your expected rate of return is so low, you'd be better off just using that time doing literally anything else, right? Flipping burgers or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but not so I, but not everything in life has to be like I was actually talking about this with my mother in law who was over. Just I was taking out like we we have to break up our recycling into like three separate things like plastic cans and cardboard. I was like. I would rather pay someone at like a rate for as long as this takes me to do. Like, I was thinking about it in those terms, but when it comes to something I like, I just do it for free for all like best ball drafts is great. I'll pay three bucks into a best ball draft. Drafting is fun. <laughs> Drafting is fun. And so that is, I mean, that is the big point. Um, have you read this book? Have you read this book, Atomic Habits? But like, I mean, even if you haven't, the, the idea behind it is very clear. It's like uh, human beings are creatures of habits, so you should develop good habits. But one of the things that is actually interesting in the book is uh, the idea of habit stacking. So like my habit stack is when I do a best ball draft, I need to be doing exercise. So whether that be, uh, you know, go cardio, whether it be lifting weights, whether it be going on going on a walk with my dogs, like I, I just am like my, my uh, serotonin reward for doing the cardio or doing the exercise is doing the best ball draft. Davis, I've told you many times, I cannot read a word. So that's really tough for me to be that's reading true. these fancy books you're talking about. Yeah, that's true. You have, you, I mean, honestly, you probably have told me that like 10 times and I, and I always forget, but I do. I, I, I think that is a really good book. I believe the guy, I believe James Clear is the guy who wrote it. I, Michael Leone, our, uh, our buddy, Michael Leone really enjoys that book and tells people he was the one who told me to read it. So there you go. There's, there's your reading recommendation for people listening to this who can read. <laughs> or I bet you there's an audio book you can find out there. Maybe I'll go try to effort that. But I was discussing this actually with my wife about, she was reading one of those things like, Oh, here are the, you know, 12, the CEO, 12 very like billionaire CEOs give you their daily habits. Like they wake up at 4 a.m. and go to the gym for two hours. And like just after reading over, she's just like, they just have, it's not that their routine is good. It's just that they have a routine. That's the, that's the important takeaway about all of this is that it doesn't matter really what the routine is. I guess if it was like detrimentally impacting your life, that wouldn't be good. But at the same time, like as long as like, if you get up at the same time every single day, that's probably a big bonus regardless of what time it is. Uh, you are you are completely 100% correct. First off, like there's nothing worse than like the the billionaire entrepreneurs like 
oh, I read 19 books a week and I listen to books on tape and I work out at four o'clock in the morning. Like, uh, the, have you seen the, the Mark Wahlberg daily schedule one? Yeah, it's like, dude, just get, yeah, get out of my face with this shit. Like there, there's no way that could be true though. Cause it's like, yeah, I went golfing for 40 minutes. It's like, okay. Like, wouldn't it take you that long to get somewhere? Yeah, it's it's completely absurd, but you are you are hitting on the correct thing, which is just having a routine is so good and so beneficial because like humans are such characters of habit and our uh, I I used to believe that this was total bullshit, but like our our brains really do benefit from like cleanliness and organization, and so like simple things like you know people tell like oh I I've heard this forever like oh make your bed and that's like good for your clarity and organization and everything and i used to never make my bed i'd be like what's the fucking point i'm just gonna go back and lay in it in 14 hours anyway or whatever and that that is one of the things that i after reading the atomic habit books i was like okay i am gonna start trying to do some of this stuff and things like waking up at the same time every day things like making your bed things like oh you know make 15 minutes so on a walk or meditate or whatever like in the middle of the work day like all those things and it, it, it has actually been, like, I, I have actually noticed a difference as a result of that. Well, one habit that everyone out there should make right now is going to Apple Podcasts, rating and reviewing fantasy football picks and bets. Five stars, Twitter handle, email to get in that drop for the cash giveaway. And also going to prizepicks.com to go check out all these season-long over-unders. And using code MMN at sign up. Use our link in the description. Get you right there. You'll be good to go. Okay. Thank you very much for that. And who wouldn't want a deposit bonus that matches up to 100 bucks? It sounds great. Aaron Jones is the last one that I wanted to talk about in this offense. Uh, there is no prize picks over under for AJ Dillon at the moment, but there is for rushing yards in Aaron Jones. And it's set at exactly 1,000 on the dot. Does that seem high or low to you? Just like off the cuff, that sounds high to me because I, I think that probably the the way that ideally the Green Bay Packers would like to use Aaron Jones is as the weapon, right? Aaron Jones is a playmaker. He is dynamic. You move him, you know, you move him in space. That is that that is the ideal way in which to use him. And by the way, Aaron Jones, even in the crazy year, I, I think he had 12 what did he have 21 touchdowns in 2019 when he like broke fantasy football but even in that season he was still splitting time with Jamal Williams he was still being used in a part-time role he was still running in jet motion he had only two, two, uh, 236 rushing attempts and uh, 1,084 rushing yards that year I think probably the optimal way to use A.J. Dillon and to use Aaron Jones is to actually kind of switch their roles. Aaron Jones goes into that Jamal Williams role where he's being heavily used as a pass catcher. And then you see it go the other way and AJ Dillon becomes the grinder and even, even gets a lot of those goal line carries and stuff too. Well, let's jump over to the projections and try to figure that out. Cause I'm sort of on the same page with you. I did my rankings, my 105 top 150 for the year. I'll be doing position by position on the Pat Mayo experience over the next two weeks. So if you hit the description, you can find the rankings list in there and the link to the show, but you can see right now, like the baseline projection has Aaron Jones at a 61% market share of the rushes, AJ Dillon at 19%. You, you believe like optimally is one thing, but in terms of how this is actually going to play out, let's adjust this and see what it spits us out. So do you think like if put Aaron Jones at like 45%, 40, 40% of the rushing share and then bump up AJ Dillon? Do you think that's the way to do this? I have Aaron Jones for 55% and AJ Dillon for 40% with the rest going to, uh, I have Patrick Taylor as their third running back. I don't know if he will be their third running back. Uh, and then Aaron Rodgers at, at 10% of the rushes as well. So I, I am in my projections, basically assuming that AJ Dillon is going to have a much larger role in this upcoming season than he did as a rookie. And by the way, it, it did kind of slip by the wayside, but there were a couple games where the the Packers like uh, remember that that Tennessee game where they were just crushing I, I believe it was snowing in that game they were like all right AJ Dillon like let's see it 21 carries 124 rushing yards he he did and played 58 percent of the snaps in that game and I think that with all of this stuff up in the air Jordan Love Aaron Rodgers who knows like I I, I anticipate us seeing a lot more AJ Dillon this upcoming season so if that's the case, so let's jump back to the projections for a second. I jumped down Aaron Jones to 50%. I'll take another five off Aaron Rodgers just for the sake of this and 
go with it. Oh, now I'm at non four. That's that's never fun to type in. You, you never want you never want the non. So, and we'll bump up AJ Dillon to 35% of the market share. So that still gives us out at 100. The rushing rate that we have right now is around 40%. Maybe that ends up being a tick. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's pretty conservative for the Packers, to tell you the truth. An only 40% rushing rate. It's probably going to end up being a little bit higher than that. But I'll save those projections. We'll jump over to see how those have now inputted into everything else. That still leaves... Let's see, rushing yards for Aaron Jones with only 50% of the carries in this offense. That still has him at 1,163. Again, on 211 attempts, that's not factoring in any potential injuries. But you could also argue that the other way, too, that if A.J. Dillon goes down, his market share of rush attempts is going to go up to like 75%, and all of a sudden he's probably going to blast this out of the water. Yeah, he he probably will blast you out of the water at that point. Um, I I don't. What do you what do you have his yards per carry at? Because it, it seems like it seems like you have a a higher yards per carry factored in. I have him at four point nine yards per carry on uh, two hundred twenty six rush attempts, and I I have him I have him actually as a slight under here. Uh, I ha- maybe I don't have enough plays for them. I, I have uh, 5.5, but I'll put that to 5.0 and just take off you know, a half yard per carry and see what that now gives me. So I just hit my save, go back over. Oh, yeah, he's kind of dropped off a little bit, but he's still, even if I just give him five yards per carry on what I have at the 50%, you're still at 1,057.7 yards uh, as his medium projection in terms of the system. So he would still be over in that circumstance. But now one missed game and all of a sudden it's an under. Or or a blowout, right? A blow. Aaron Rodgers throws four touchdowns in the first half. Aaron Jones gets eight carries for thirty six yards and a touchdown. And AJ Dillon plows away in the second half, and you you've basically removed a game from Aaron Jones's uh you know game logs. What are you doing with him in draft so far? Is he a player that you're targeting? Because he's not for me. But all these Packers feel like because they all seem to be slipping down slipping down because of the entire rogers situation but at some point like one of these guys is going to be a supreme value it feels like i can't figure out which one it is like i've been ending up more with aj Dillon than anyone else just as sort of like he's going so late still that you know what it doesn't matter really who's playing quarterback if something happens to aaron jones then aj Dillon is a tremendous pick it's a lot like gus edwards aj Dillon is the one aj Dillon is the one that i take the most i i maybe have not taken Aaron Jones yet. I I don't I do not remember a draft where I where I took Aaron Jones. The reason being is Aaron Jones's ADP is ahead of Clyde Edwards-Helaire and I've taken Clyde Edwards-Helaire every opportunity that I can get. He is my Clyde Edwards-Helaire is my most drafted player thus far this season, which is very hard to do with uh with the second third round draft pick. So just every opportunity I get to take CEH I am and a lot of the times it's Aaron Jones or CEH. Is Cam Akers going in that spot, or is he going much higher now? No, he is a straight up first round pick. He's As like he he, he goes he goes at like the yeah he goes at like pick ten basically. I think that's a nice spot for him. I was trying to debate between him and Eckler about who I wanted higher. Seely and I went through that, and I was like, you know what? I need Eckler to outperform his rushing stats. Like I know that the volume is going to be there through the air, but when it comes to Cam Akers, just like man, if he could just catch like 45 passes being an every down back, like he has potentially the number one running back in fantasy. I mean, if something happens to McCaffrey and Cook, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I mean, what would have to happen for Eckler or or Cam Akers? I mean, Akers, I, I am super high on because I am really high on Matt Stafford. If you look at if you look at the Detroit Lions and their their head coaching and their defense and the guys that Matt Stafford has played with, you know, the the coaches that Matt Stafford has had, right? So we had Schwartz, who I mean, I think we all think is is kind of an idiot, right? Like who do we does anyone really think that Jim Schwartz was a good coach? Then we have someone we know is a bad coach, Jim Caldwell. Uh, I mean, just straight up, like a, a very bad NFL head coach. Then we had Patricia, who, again, really seems like an idiot. And now we have, you know, it just, it feels like Matt Stafford literally has never been given a good opportunity. And now he's with this really great play caller who made Jared Goff, you know, I mean, Jared Goff is much worse to me than Matt Stafford and made Jared Goff look like a competent NFL quarterback, got Jared Goff to a a Super Bowl. So I I think the Rams offense, I think they're going to score a ton of points. I, I think Akers could have the season that Gurley had where he broke fantasy football, you know, like 60 receptions, 25 touchdowns, like a totally absurd season like that. 
I, I think it really hinges on the touchdowns because if you think yeah. that maybe combined like 12 is a good number that we can throw out there for between receiving and rushing and that's on the conservative end of everything but you know, it's not over 17 games let's say he averages a touchdown on the ground a game that's not inconceivable that he ends up with like three or four through there and gets to 21 touchdowns like I don't I think that's in his range of outcomes like if you go on run the sims uh, one of the features that we're going to have are these like simulations and you'll be able to simulate games 10,000 times uh, and adjust the stats any way that you want to tell your story of the game and then have the numbers tell you what this actually spits out it's the Justin Freeman move Davis of how he ends up winning in showdown all the time <laughs> I mean hey run it, running the sims and seeing how things move is like that is that is key and uh I mean just to just to that point Messing with things and seeing how the the results vary based off when you are disagreeing with the public on something that you are doing in your projections, that's like basically how edges are created. Like that that literally is the the invention of an edge. Yeah, and if you do want to do that, you have a particular take on a player and want to boost them up, runthesims.com. Again, get your projections in, uh, and you can sign up for free and go adjust those right now, and you can save them, come back to them at a later time, and you can export them out for your rankings if that's something you want to do as well. Tom Brady played the entire year with a busted knee, apparently. Were you aware of this? Yeah, I don't. I mean, <laughs> I, I am not one of these cult of Brady guys. Like, I don't really like him. I hate his whole deal. I don't like his health drinks and his, you know, don't eat strawberries because they'll cause you to inf like, I just, and I, I, I hate all of the discourse about Tom Brady. Like I just, I, I just, this guy is the worst. I, I do not believe in any way that he was playing on a completely torn MCL. I, I believe that he was playing on a partially torn MCL. I, I believe that for sure. But I just, I, I really hate Tom Brady. How much is your personal bias affecting how you're drafting him so far? None at all, because I actually love his teammates. I, I actually love Tom Brady's teammates. I love Mike Evans. I love Chris Godwin. Uh, I don't take Antonio Brown at all. Antonio Brown's ADP seems very bizarre to me. You you have to pass on Marquise Brown, Mike Williams, Jalen Waddell, Michael Pittman, Devonta Parker, you know, a lot of guys who I think have a lot higher ceilings uh, than, than 33, 34-year-old Antonio Brown, but Ronald Jones I take. And then when you take Tom Brady – uh, I actually love that you you can get Gronk very cheap. You can get uh, OJ Howard, last pick of your draft, Scotty Miller, guys like that. So I, I actually, I actually, um, you know, I, I enjoy, I, I actually do take a lot of Tampa Bay Buccaneers players. Uh, the, the prize picks number on Brady right now is 4,500 passing yards. And even if you expect a little bit of regression, let's just say you know, we factor in 10% attrition rate because that seems to be like at the level that he's at right now. 4,500 seems low for a team that, I mean, it's not like, it's not like Lamar who you can see right next to him who is at 3,200 for passing yards, which also seems a bit low over 17 games. But there's no risk of Brady being like, well, it's just one of those games where Brady rushed for 117 yards. No, he's going to be passing this entire time. Yeah, I have this. I have this as an over number on Brady. Like I, I hate Tom Brady, but there, there is no denying he is in one of the best. Um, like he is in one of the best offensive situations that you can possibly be in. He gets to throw to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, OJ Howard. I mean, even Cameron Bray. Cameron Bray probably the best third tight end in football. Um, you know, and then Giovanni Bernard is a passing down back, certainly better than any of the passing down backs they were playing last year. Yeah, how do you think that backfield ends up shaking out? Is that something you'd want to take? Because I'm looking at the Brady passing numbers right now. Projections actually have him as the second leading passer in the league in terms of yards behind Mahomes at like 5,154, just based on the style of play that they have and how often they pass versus run and the ineffectiveness of a lot of their, uh, a lot of their running backs. Yeah, I mean, I take, I take Ronald Jones round nine, round 10 on teams where I – need just kind of a guy who's going to grind out, you know, 12, 13 points per game or something like that. And then I take Giovanni Bernard quite a bit because they're not going to play Ronald Jones on passing downs at all. Like we just know that Ronald Jones is, is drawing dead to play on third downs. It's uh, it's not going to happen. But the thing about Leonard Fournette that they're going to find out is that he's not any good. I mean, the team was going to cut Leonard Fournette, right? He was a he was a healthy inactive in week 14 last year. Ronald Jones had a huge game, 22 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Then he broke his hand and got the coronavirus in the same week. So he had a surgery on his hand, then has to go on the COVID list. 
Um, so he couldn't play for, I, I can't remember if it was two weeks or three weeks. And then the, after the bye week the, the Bucks did not lose a game after their bye week. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things you don't, don't fix what's broken. The running back, not really that important to the Buccaneers offense in general, but Fournette is not going to have a big role after a couple weeks on this team in 2021. It's going to be, it's going to be Rojo and Giovanni Bernard. Is that going to be like the sneaky move of the like season long prop betting season when you're looking at over unders is try to find out the unvaxxed players and be like, oh, they're probably going to get coronavirus and have to miss two games. I'll bet the under on those guys. That actually is insanely sneaky. Like now that you're now that you're saying it, I'm like, yeah, that that is that actually is is quite the move because. I, I would imagine that the NFL, because they, they have this 85% rule where if you if your team is at 85% vaccinated, your uh like the the limits they have put on you are are far less. And I wonder if they end up doing what the PGA tour did, which is the, the PGA tour rule is that if you are vaccinated, you don't even have to get tested anymore, right? Um so I, I wonder if the NFL do, ends up doing something like that. Adam Schefter reported this week that the most likely destination for Deshaun Watson, if he were to be traded and was able to play, would be the Eagles. That actually makes a lot of sense, I think, because you can get Jalen Hurts back, maybe roll the dice on him to see if he's legit or if he's not, but at least he'll be fun in the Texans' offense while they're not going to be good for a while. And hey, maybe all of a sudden he is good and he can elevate you. Well, do you think that that ends up happening? Do you think that this is the question that I asked in the comment section? Like, do you even think he plays this year? No, no, I don't. I do not think. Um, I, I think that there are some sports books in Vegas who are offering odds on this. And I, it, I think it's like minus 1200 or something that that he doesn't play a snap this season, which does feel I mean, that feels like the most likely thing to me because the NFL has they, they have gotten so many things wrong in cases like his like it, it feels like they are. And again, I mean, maybe you maybe you end up eating these words, but like it feels like probably just everyone involved will just be like, we need to do the thing that is going to ruffle the least feathers and Watson not playing is that thing. But I mean, I, I very easily could be wrong. But in my the way I am drafting, the way I am treating this season, I am not expecting Deshaun Watson to play. Well, what does that do to the rest of the Texans pass catchers? Because it does seem like regardless of who plays quarterback, that Brandon Cooks is shaping up to be a pretty good value for a very clear wide receiver one on that team the guy who's going to get all of the targets but then even like Nino Collins seems or Nico Collins seems to be someone who in terms of like rookie drafts or even like how late is he going in best ball right now I mean Nico Collins is free like you can get him you can get him in 18th 19th 20th round and that he's actually the one that I'm taking because I don't want to be spending top 100 picks i don't want to be spending eighth ninth tenth round picks on houston texans players i i want to be drafting players from baltimore from dallas from tennessee from los angeles like i i just i want my 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 best ball portfolio to be by and large guys who i expect to uh you know be on teams that score a lot of points and if they're not going to be on teams that score a lot of points like i i actually probably would prefer them to be a running back because the point thresholds you need at like running back two are a lot lower in best ball so i i, I think collins is the right way to leverage the situation because i i would imagine there's not going to be anything that would keep him from playing whereas like you know what is randall cobb gaining like if randall cobb gets a, a rolled ankle or whatever what's his motivation to, to get back in and play. So I, I feel like Collins is just going to have like a, a value glut season, honestly. Let's talk about the thresholds that you just brought up in terms of best ball. So if people are new to best ball, they log on to DraftKings, they see the best ball lobby is there. What are the few first things that you can tell them about what they need to be looking out for and why it's different than like a season long fantasy league? Well, the probably the key thing to remember is that, you know, you are, I actually, you know what? The big key thing in drafting is that your, the, the way quarterbacks go do change ADP. Quarterbacks get pushed up a little bit. You need a good second quarterback. That's a, that's a big deal. Uh, and then actually I draft far more running back heavy in best ball than I do in managed leagues. Like when we get to the high stakes leagues, you know, half a million dollars up top and everything. A lot of the times I will probably be pretty comfortable with, one running back through you know eight rounds or whatever that 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 is kind of the most efficient way to draft 
However, because there there are no waiver wire pickups, you can't you can't go spend your fab on Miles Gaskin. You're not going to pick up Boston Scott in Week 12. You're not going to be able to throw a couple fab dollars at Mike Boone. You are kind of needing to actually have a better second running back in best ball than you would in a managed league. So guys who are who I probably won't take very much of in the regular season, you know, even even someone like Aaron Jones, who we just talked about, right? I said I haven't really taken Aaron Jones at all. Aaron Jones is a fine second round pick, um, you know, in in best ball, because regardless of anything that happens, he's still going to be grinding you out, you know, 15 points a week or whatever. And finding other guys like that who give you usable weeks as your RB2, it's just a lot thinner. You know, it's, it's, it's guys like James White and Giovanni Bernard and Naheem Hines and stuff like that. So the, the pass catching running backs that you can get in like the, the 10th to 15th rounds kind of guys. Yeah. I mean, so like those guys are, are valuable in both, but, and, and I guess it's, it depends on kind of, you know, what, what your goals are. Like maybe, maybe someone like that, you know, James White, uh, Giovanni Bernard, Naheem Hines, those guys, those are maybe a little bit more valuable in just a, a straight up 12 team league, no tournament. You're not trying to win the million dollars on, on DraftKings. The $20 is a, is a millionaire maker. Um, you know, probably you want more like handcuff guys in that, like Tony Pollard, if Zeke goes down, Daryl Henderson, if Cam Akers goes down, Alexander Madison, if Dalvin Cook goes down, those, those guys do have a ton of value, but again, they're not providing you very many usable weeks throughout the course of the season without that injury. So it, it, I mean, it definitely is kind of a a high wire act. So essentially you need to figure out what your goals are going into this. Like you said, if you're entering the $20 on DraftKings and you want to win a million bucks, the Pollards, the Murray's Latavius Murray's Alexander Madison's, this type of player is the one that you want to be targeting over the pass catching Naheem Hines type. Who's going to have two or three spike weeks and be active in the roster that week, but they're not going to win you the title. Yeah, and you know, you you kind of have to think about it like this. If I draft Ezekiel Elliott in the first round and I draft let you know, let's just say Aaron Jones in the second round, if I'm having to regularly be using Naheem Hines's points, that is probably very bad for me. It it is it is not good because that means something went wrong with my first and second round selection. So a lot of what you are a lot of what we've been seeing drafters do this year is you know only taking four or five running backs and then taking 10 wide receivers 11 wide receivers like just really loading up the the draft rooms have gotten very very wide receiver heavy this season more so than any year before do you think that is the proper strategy oh definitely i mean wide receivers score more points their spiked weeks are better more parts of your roster are wide receivers, right? Two running backs, three wide receivers, and a flex. By and large, you know, what, what do we see all the time on, on DraftKings? People in cash games use three running backs, but the people who are winning tournaments are using four wide receivers. DraftKings scoring is more favorable for wide receivers, right? 100-yard bonuses, full-point PPR, uh, I mean, how many how many 100 rushing yard bonuses are even happening on a given week? There are not even that many guys who run for 100 yards anymore in the NFL. Like it, it is so clearly optimal to be having more wide receivers to want your flex guy to be a wide receiver. Like that is just it's clearly optimal at this point. All right. Well, that's super interesting. When do I start drafting quarterbacks in best ball, and do I have to stack in best ball? You absolutely have to stack. You are you are giving up a ton of edge to the field if you are are not stacking because you know that I guess that if you were just doing twelve man leagues that were not in the tournament, maybe and you were doing like a hundred of them, you know maybe you could get by just drafting guys who are falling and, and having you know doing a, a value based drafting, but stacking the same as it is for DFS tournaments really exists the same way in best ball where what you're trying to do is the stack eliminates the cost, right? So if Dak Prescott and, you know, if Dak Prescott leads the league in passing and CD lamb leads the league in receiving, well, their third and fifth round draft costs were wrong. And you got all those points in at the same time. And then the other thing is the way that the actual scoring works is you want your most amount of points to be hitting the lineup at the same time. So when Dak has 38 DraftKings points, you are definitely going to be wanting Amari Cooper's 
30 DraftKings points or, or Blake Jarwin's 21 DraftKings points or whatever. You're wanting the spiked weeks to hit your lineups at the same time because of the way the scoring accumulates over the season. And then even further, you get into the playoffs and you get into the championship round and you are going to want to have access to the highest ceilings possible. So you, you definitely need to be stacking. So how much, how like overwhelming a stack is how many people? So if you, like you just had, or you've mentioned, if you have CD lamb, you have Cooper and you have Dak Prescott, is that good enough? Or do I need Jerwin? Do I take Michael Gallup too, if he continues to go late or does that then fall like the periphery pieces of some of these offenses? Does that just depend on where they're going at that point? Yeah, I think it depends on where they're going and you know, it depends. So like, um, you know, if you take Darren Waller in the, the second round or whatever, Derek Carr is probably enough because like, you know, or, or if you have a cheap quarterback, right? If you take Daniel Jones and then you have, you know, Darius Slayton or, or Sterling Shepard, like that's probably enough. But when you, when you invest a lot in the quarterback, so if you take Mahomes, well, it probably makes sense to take Hardman and Demarcus Robinson, maybe even Byron Pringle. If you take Lamar Jackson, you probably want to get Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown, maybe even Sammy Watkins. If you get Kyler, you are going to want to get Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk. You know, I, I think it, I think it depends on cost and, and, you know, there are a lot of different ways it can work. Best ball is, is still very far from a solved game. Like a lot of these things I I'm saying, honestly, like a, a lot of it is based in data, but a lot of it is also based on opinions, people, uh, people's opinions of data rather like of what we're seeing. Cause we don't know yet. Interesting stuff. So uh, last thing, like with a tight end, does that have to be correlated to my quarterback or cause it might like, let's say you take Kelsey, like there's no Mahomes might be gone by the time you get to draft again, if right. you take Kelsey. So what happens then? Is he just like a standalone tight end? Then you have to stack another tight end with whoever your quarterback is. Yeah. I mean, tight ends, I actually think you can probably get away with them being unstacked a lot of the times because they, they score the least points. Tight ends score the least points. These are every week when I come on to do, to do the DFS show with you, you know, we are going to be talking about $2,500 tight ends. We're going to be talking about Hayden Hurst. We're going to be talking about Pat Fryermuth. We're going to be talking about, you know, Jordan Akins or whoever. So I, I actually think tight ends, you can get away with uh, unstacked quite, quite often. All right, any other just rudimentary best ball tips? And I'm going to have Pete Overzet on later on in the week, and we're going to continue to hammer down on some of this best ball stuff because it's all the rage right now on DraftKings, and I know that people want to play it, but any just common mistakes that you see people make? Yeah, I mean, common mistakes is they just draft uh, they, they draft running backs in the wrong way. They're, they're drafting Josh Jacobs, they're drafting David Montgomery, and they're, they're drafting them over guys who are just going to score way more points. Also, people get their roster composition uh, incorrectly. So, like, think about it this way. If you draft a running back in the first round and a running back in the second round, what, what really is the function of J.D. McKissick on that team? What is the function of Tevin Coleman on that team? What is the function of JV and Hawkins on that team? You, you pro, you're needing to make up those points at wide receiver. Or if you take Lamar Jackson, if you take Dak Prescott, if you take Kyler Murray, you really shouldn't take a third quarterback on that team because you need to be getting your points elsewhere. On the converse, if you don't take an elite quarterback and the first quarterback you take is Kirk Cousins or Carson Wentz or something like that, well, then you probably need to go the other way and you probably do need to get three quarterbacks because, again, you need to make up those points. So I, I think the biggest thing that I see people do, I, if I could summarize it into one sentence, is they draft their picks independent of each, each other and they don't think about how each selection should impact the roster and impact uh, the other positions. One of the main things that when Justin created these tools at runthesims.com was to showcase how important correlation is to everything that you do and trying to win overall titles. So if you're shooting for a million dollars, whether it's best ball, whether it's in DraftKings showdown, any sort of daily fantasy tournament. And I actually take a lot of the same strategies into season long for myself as well, where you know, I'm not, I mean, I would be interested in winning my season long fantasy football league every single year, but that's not actually how I draft. I essentially draft to win once every three years by taking, by taking the all upside team. I know that's not a strategy a lot of people like to do, but all those players, like for years, it was like, oh, I want the steadiest players possible. But I feel like that's how everyone 
anyone drafts now in season long. So if you kind of apply the, hey, who has the most upside for my team and just hammer those guys, whether it be in an auction or be in a snake draft, I feel like I'm good enough on the waiver wire to fill in the pieces along the way. And then I have these three or four guys that are essentially league winners. And if I get three of them in a draft throughout the course of the year, I win. I mean, that is clearly the best way to draft. Like drafting for floor is stupid, really because floors don't even exist. Also, most fantasy football matchups are not close. This is actually a great lesson for people to to think about. Go to your app that you have your your home league in, you know, NFL.com, Sleeper, whatever. Go load it up and go look how close most of your matchups were. Go see how many of them were within five points or 10 points or 20 points. Most fantasy football matchups are not close. Floors and consistency are stupid and don't matter. What wins you fantasy matchups is unicorn weeks and unicorn seasons, right? Getting Stefan Diggs last year, getting James Robinson last year, you know, things like that. That is what wins you your league. Safe floors and consistency do not do it. Yeah, and it's something that dates back. I remember the best fantasy season I ever had. It's no shock that anyone who owned Tom once in the year that he broke all the records, it really didn't even matter who your other players were at that point. No, no, it literally doesn't matter. If you if Christian McCaffrey has 2,200 yards, 100 receptions, and 17 touchdowns this season, like they could, every other pick they make could suck, and they're still going to beat you because that it's just too absurd to try and top that many points from one roster spot. All right, last thing. Best sneaky best ball stack, like the, the cheap stack that you can get really late. Is it that that Raiders stack that you were talking? It's like, is a Carolina stack something that you could talk yourself into with Darnold? I mean, the true, like if you want to talk true cheap stack, it is the it is the New York Giants. It's Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard, and Darius Slayton. Because it, it looks like Kadarius Toney is not going to be ready to play. It looks like the Giants made a bust pick there. Also, it's now basically confirmed that Saquon is not fully healthy and the team does not plan on using him in like a full workhorse role weeks one through four. And maybe Daniel Jones sucks, right? We all also thought Josh Allen sucked. Now, I think Josh Allen has way better physical tools than Daniel Jones ever did. I think Josh Allen has a way better coaching staff in place to make him look better than Daniel Jones does. But in a theoretical world, right? Daniel Jones, they add Kenny Galladay. Um, they, they have a, a shit ton of talented players. All of their players on their offense, I, I think are, are talented. I, and the, that specific stack is so cheap and should be their, their opening day starting lineup should be with Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton in it. I, I think that there is a, a pretty high ceiling for that group of players. What do you do with Barkley? Cause when Celia and I talked him through, I had him at the very low end of like tier two at running back. So I think he was like pick number eight or pick number nine. He was right next to cam acres. And I'm thinking about it right now. If I'm sitting there, whether it's high stakes, whether it's my regular season long fantasy football draft, I think I would take acres over him at this point. Um, I would not because I would not because of what we just talked about. We just talked about who can have the season, who can have the season where you get to the end of the year and you're like, shit, I I couldn't win because I didn't have that guy. Barkley has way more access to that than Akers does. I really like Akers, but they still have Daryl Henderson who they spent the second round pick on, you know, and Daryl Henderson was good last season. Daryl Henderson played quite a bit. I also don't know how much they are, what they're going to do with third downs. Cause remember Malcolm Brown played all the third downs last year. Are they going to put Cam Akers in that role? Are they going to put Daryl Henderson in that role? I don't really know, but I know for a fact, Saquon Barkley is playing third downs in New York because you know, that, that whole organization uh, basically ex- like they, they exist to justify Dave Gettleman's selections. I don't think that the Rams are too concerned about draft capital to be perfectly honest with you. I, I, once a player is on their team, just like people should approach it in their season-long fantasy football leagues, like when you're asking for trades, once a player has been drafted, they no longer have that value. Their value is whatever the market perceives them to be at. And I do think the Rams do a good job on their roster of evaluating their talent. Be like, oh, we want to use this guy in this spot, this guy in this spot. Just because he was a second-round pick doesn't necessarily mean we have to use him. Like, I'm looking at Van Jefferson from last year. Maybe he takes the leap this year and they really want to use him, but like, he was a non-factor. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think they probably will be using uh, more of, I think they probably will be using more Van Jefferson this season because I, I don't really know what their other options are. I mean, I guess they just, they did just spend a second round pick on Tutu Atwell who weighs 
like 144 pounds or whatever. But I, I think you're probably right. I mean, I like Acres, but I just would not take Acres over Barkley. Barkley, uh, I, like I said, I, I think the Giants have these pretty interesting range of outcomes because of all the guys they added. But also, I just think they Barkley is like much more likely to have like a 350 touch season. Well, the projections tell me to draft Saquon Barkley over Acres. That's pretty definitive when it comes down to it. What about Devontae Booker in that circumstance? Where is he going late in best ball drafts? Because he seems like one of those guys. I don't know if he would necessarily be on like the, the Madison or Latavius Murray or Tony Pollard level, but it, he seems like he's in that realm, at least maybe the next tier down of handcuff. I mean, he doesn't get drafted. He, he Why not? And, and he should. Well, because he sucks that literally that's all it is. I'm not even, I, I don't even know if I believe that, but pe- people just believe that Devonte Booker is no good. Right. Uh, I mean, Wayne Gallman was always the direct handcuff to Barkley. And, and by the way, had startable games, had usable games that you would have used in best ball the last couple of seasons and was never drafted. Never, never was not a selection that people chased after in best ball drafts at all. Interesting. So, yeah, Booker, there, there's a target from your boy Pat Mayo to take. And uh, what, what round would be good for him? The very last round? Yeah, 20th round, no problem. Actually, funnily enough, Wayne Gallman, who's like the ninth string guy in San Francisco, gets picked now, but Booker does not get picked. Do you think that's because people who are drafting right now still think he's on the Giants? No, I think people who draft right now are actually pretty keyed in. Though I will say... The drafts on DraftKings, everyone, we love we love DraftKings. We love their customer base. But the drafts on DraftKings right now, anywhere in the world you'd be doing best ball drafts, the softest place to be doing them is on DraftKings.com. They are the, the, is the best player pool to be drafting out of right now. There it is. That, that, that's reason enough to go make as many best ball teams as possible, isn't it? Gosh darn right. Yeah, I mean, literally, like if I was being smart about my time and my money, which I very rarely am, I would only be doing best ball drafts on DraftKings and I'd be doing a lot of them. All right. Davis Maddock. Follow him on Twitter at Davis Maddock. Download the Take Cast, which I am a regular contributor to. What else you got going on here? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we are just getting ready for the season. I I'm working on my projections a lot on uh, sportsgrid.com, doing all of those things. Uh, just, I have my rankings out there and, uh, yeah, take cast sports grid fantasy football podcast. Uh, keep, keep regular with all of that. Yeah, if you want to fill in your own projections, runthesims.com, and it's completely free to use. Just sign up for the free account. Find that down in the description. You can toggle all of the rushing rates, the amount of plays. You can say, hey, I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to play at all. Let's put in Jordan Love and see how that affects the Packers, save your results, and come back to it. Highly encourage you to go check that out, just like I am, to go to prizepicks.com. Use the link down in the description and use code MNN for Mayo Media Network. Tell them we sent you, and you'll get a match deposit bonus up to on hundred dollars and you can go and tackle some of these season-long fantasy football props as well because if you're really keyed in on a player now is the time to go strike oil before those change and you lock yourself in to a good number uh rate and review the new podcast for fantasy football picks and bets leave a five-star review sub to the audio podcast and leave your twitter handle and email along with something that you enjoy about the show and you're in that draw for the cash giveaway who doesn't like cash Smash a like on the way out. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll be back with Pete Overzet and a very special guest on Thursday. We'll see you then. Ah!